A tiny meteorite is heading straight for Legoland. The devastation is expected to span 50 square blocks. This one comes from Jacob Hemingway, our worship director. I grew up in an all-Ford family. I was about to buy a Dodge, but then I thought about the ramifications. Arizona makes me nauseous, but it's a dry heave. It's a dry heave. Good friends are like fine wine. That's why I keep mine locked in a cellar. <laughs> did you hear about Joe? He went on the, uh, the Dolly Parton diet, Joe did. Joe lean. Joe lean. Joe lean. Joe lean. <laughs> like that one? All right. That's enough of that. Now for serious business. <laughs> what? I just want to start some, with some rhetorical questions. Rhetorical means you think about it and you don't answer out loud. <laughs> That's what that means. How much would you pay for a nice car? Well, what is, are you in the like $10,000, $20,000 range? Maybe the five to 10 range? Maybe the 60 to 70 for a really nice car. You know, trucks right now are like in the 60s and 70s for a truck, right? How much would you pay for a nice car? What about a nice house? You know, what's one of those cost you? If you're in the Quad Cities, are you looking for like the 150 to 200 range? Maybe 250, maybe you're in the 70 to 100 range. Maybe you're in the four to six. You're willing to like, you know, I'm, I'm really pay for a nice house. You want to be house broke. <laughs> Not everyone. What about a great marriage? What are you willing to, to invest into that? What's, what's the cost of a great marriage today? The time, the effort, the energy that goes into that. Or a great friendship's. They cost us something, don't they? Friendships, relationships. It's like we want people to be there for us, but we also got to be there for people. Have you guys learned that? You kind of got to be there for others when you want them to be there for yourself. And so it costs us something. My wife and I, Amy, have been married for 20 years. We celebrated 20 years. We'll be celebrating 21 here shortly. Yeah. And over the last 20 years, one, of, one thing that I've learned is the investment into my marriage is, is really priceless. It, you know, um, putting her first in things and putting her first on where we're going to eat or uh, what house do we want to live in or putting her first in, you know, getting off the couch and actually helping out when it comes cleaning day. Amen. Yeah, amen. Can I hear it from the ladies? Amen. I lifted up my feet. <laughs> but it, it cost us something. But I can tell you that the last 20 years of investing into our marriage has been priceless. Like, I, I wouldn't put any investment into anything else, any other relationship, 
putting her first has really been a great benefit to my life. I was thinking about our careers, too. Um, when we were growing up and we had Ariel and we got married and we're like doing life, then we had Ethan and then Amy was working as a CNA, third shift, and then she went back to school to get her RN. She really felt like she was supposed to get an RN. So she would go to school for two years, then I'd go to school for two years, then she'd go to school for two years, and all the time we're, we're both working full time, we're running the kids all over the Quad Cities, we're doing all these things, but that investment totally paid off. I mean, God has like totally used that investment of time, those couple of years here and there, to just pour into us and to really go after what he's called us into. And that's what we want, isn't it? Whatever I invest my heart into, my energy into, my time, my finances, we want a good reward from it, don't we? We want to make really good investments. Think of Bitcoin. If you only would have invested four years ago, such a great investment. But we do. We want to invest into things that will bring back great rewards and be beneficial to our life. What's kind of hard with that is sometimes we think of life as being so long. So we're like, you know, I'll invest into that category, that area of my life, when I finally get this other job, right? Or when I finally retire, or when we move, I'll start making that investment. And so we look at life as this really, really long span. Okay, if God's inviting me into something new, I got plenty of time to put it together for him to actually like, for me to start doing it. Have you guys been watching the NFL this year? Anybody watch NFL games? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be, that's okay. Great. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> we have had the best football we have ever had this, this playoff season. It's just been amazing. And the reason is, is because every game has came down to the last two minutes, 30 seconds, or 13 seconds. 13 seconds. The game comes down to 13 seconds, and the other team has the ball on the other side of the field, and they go all the way down the field in 13 seconds. And I was watching these games, and I was just sitting there pondering, why in the world are they waiting till the last 13 seconds to start playing? Why didn't you play like this in the beginning? Why are we waiting till the very end of the game, the last two minutes, and now I'm going to start playing together? Now you see the teams, they all come together in unity. Nobody cares about stat sheets with 13 seconds left. It's like, how do we score the ball? And so I started thinking about my own life, though. You know, what are some things that I have in my life that I'm not playing in 13 seconds? I'm like, okay, God, yeah, I'll, I'll discover that category maybe later on in life. Just kind of put that on the back burner but I just want to invite you guys into this if, if you haven't realized that, that life is really played in the 13 seconds. It's what we do in decision after decision that really truly makes a lifelong investment. And so Jesus knew that we would have this view of life that it's, okay, this long thing, and then we will actually start investing into different areas of God's kingdom, you know, slowly but surely. Jesus knew that people would have that. And so he tells us in Matthew 6, 19 through 24, 
what we should be investing our life into so that when we get to the very end of life, we're like, that was such a great investment. Man, put everything into that category, and wow, did it pay off. This is Matthew 6, 19 to 24. If you guys got your Bibles and want to turn there, that's what we're going to be looking at. What does the kingdom of God cost? What's our investment into it? I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to dive right in. Would you guys just pray with me? So, Lord, we just, uh, we just invite you into this moment right here, right now. Lord, would you do what only you can do? Would you, would you speak to hearts that um, speak to every single person's heart in this room that exactly what it is that we need to hear? Use this time, Lord. We set aside this time for, for your insight and your, your vision for our life. It's not something that we think about every single morning. So, Lord, I just pray that this would just be pin, uh, be just so focused on what it is that you're doing in our life today, right here in these 13 seconds. What are you doing? What are you inviting us in on? Lord, I just choose to get out of your way. Come, Holy Spirit, and just fill me up with your words for, for your church, for your people. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to kind of break this down verse by verse. It starts with verse 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So one thing I want to just start with is Jesus is actually talking to people that are really curious what it means to invest into God's kingdom. This is the words of Jesus Christ. And these people have left their homes, they've left their jobs, they've left everything to follow Jesus. And so he's saying, if you want to invest into my kingdom, what I have for you, don't store up for yourself things of this earth where moth and rust will destroy them. Instead, invest into my kingdom, which is crazy because they're already doing that. But Jesus is teaching them for the long term. When you look at the end of your life, will it be a bunch of moth and rust destroyed things or do you want to invest into the kingdom of God? So I know that we're all in different places when I say these types of things. I understand that we're all in different seasons. But one thing that I think we can all relate on is being at an estate sale. Have you guys ever been to an estate sale? Go ahead and raise your hand. You've been to an estate sale. Okay, most of us. My wife and I go to estate sales not to buy stuff, but more or less to look through the house. Oh, this is really nice. Nice home. We've all been in an estate sale. And you see these stickers. <laughs> we just went to one the other day, and all I was thinking was how much the person probably spent on that item that now is marked to $1.50 with a little sticker. You know, the, the couch that was $800 or $2,000 is now 100 bucks with a little sticker on it. Please take me. Like, nothing against the state sales, but have you ever walked through those? Just, I mean, it's just all this treasure that now is walking out the door for a quarter. And so Jesus is like, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. Moth and rust can't destroy them. Then he goes on to say this. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Would you guys say that verse with me? I think it's really good. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where my heart is, where I want my heart to be, that's where my treasure will be in that moment. Wherever we want our heart to be invested into, there is where your treasure will be. Because our treasure comes with attachments. There's strings attached to it. And so Jesus is saying, invest into the kingdom of God because there is where your heart wants to be. Sometimes what I was thinking about is that it's not always where my heart is, but it's also where my heart wants to be. Where my heart wants to be, that's where I'm going to start making that investment. So looking forward, looking towards the end of life, where does my heart want to be at the end of my life on this earth? It wants to be in heaven. So where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then Jesus goes on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This word healthy and unhealthy is actually the, another word for these, these terms is if, you're, if your heart, if the eye, of the, the eye of the lamp, if the eye is the lamp of your body, if your eyes are healthy, another word for healthy is generous. Another word for healthy is generous. So if your heart is generous, your body will be full of life and full of light. If your heart is unhealthy, another word for unhealthy is stingy. So if your heart is stingy, your body will be full of darkness. And I think the reason is, is Jesus is inviting us in on being healthy and generous with our eyes and with our hearts is because with, with being stingy, you can just never have enough, can you? Has anybody experienced that where you're just like, you want more? We have our garages full of stuff. And then we buy containers and fill those up. And then we buy storage units and they're full to the brim. And then we're on Facebook market scrolling through some new things we could buy. <laughs> it just, it doesn't end, does it? We just want more. And so Jesus says, let your heart be generous. Invest into his kingdom. And then lastly, I want to end with this. He says, no one can serve two masters. Will you guys just say that with me? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or you will love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Why has Jesus got to be so mean? <laughs> You're going to hate one and love the other. You can't serve two masters. I can't kind of like everything that I have on this earth and kind of like Jesus. So with Jesus, have you guys realized there's no fence riding with Jesus? Following Jesus Christ comes with like getting on one side or the other of the fence. Riding the fence starts to hurt in time, doesn't it? Right? 
Jesus doesn't want us to be fence riders. He wants all of us. He wants it all. Then he says, no one can serve both God and money. Like, why money here, Jesus? Why would you spin this all the way to money? I think the biggest part is, is there's so much attachment with money. We have a lot of it, and all of a sudden we feel really good about life. And then when we don't have enough of it, we feel really stressed. There's a string attachment to finances, isn't there? And so you can replace the word money with anything else. Being approved by people. Can't serve both God and getting people's approval on everything. Have you ever been down that trap? I'm always down that trap. What will people think? Is this okay? This is what God's invited you in on. You can't serve both God and be in control. You can't serve both God and pride. Jesus wants everything. He says, you can serve me and you can invest in my kingdom. And the beautiful part about that is, is like when we look back at what we made an investment in, we will never be disappointed. So I don't share very often how God's invited me on things. I very rarely share this stuff. So I, I felt like I should share something today. And the, the kingdom's cost me a lot. It really has, investing into the kingdom of God, and I wouldn't trade any of the investment for anything else. I mean, I could have been a professional basketball player, and then I chose to... <laughs> Fresh nose. They call me Mr. Buckets. I don't know. Who... I called me that. I bought the shirt. <laughs> On the back, Mr. Book. Okay. None of this is true. But the kingdom, the kingdom of God does cost us. It costs us. And so for my family and I, it's cost us finances. We tithe. We tithe 10% of our income. That's expensive. <laughs> and I can tell you this, ever since we've tithed our finances, not mine, but more or less hers, uh, <laughs> It has been the, the, the dramatic increase, a dramatic increase, because you know why? We choose to trust God with the 10%, and then he blesses us like crazy, guys. He's opened up so many doors in our life that we did not, we weren't like approved to be opened. It's just totally God's blessing on our life. He, he also... Uh, has things last longer for us, like tires on our car go longer than normal, or, you know, I mean, just stuff like that. Another, the last thing with tithing that is done for me personally is that, like, I love things. I could have even more shoes. I could. But you start to appreciate what you got when you tithe. You're not that constant need of wanting more. And so the kingdom of God costs us finances. The other part is it's cost us time. We've invested so much countless time that nobody will ever see that's only in the kingdom of God. 
Like, this is for your kingdom, God. This is what you've called me to. Nobody else really sees it, nor less appreciates your time. But the Lord sees it, and he sees that investment. So I just want to be an encouragement to all of you guys. If you've invested in your community, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's just investing in feeding people, maybe it's, you know, putting clothes together to give to people. If you've made that investment, the Lord has seen every single ounce of your investment. He sees it. He sees it in his kingdom. And the last thing is his energy. The kingdom of God costs us energy. We're just constantly putting our energy into God's kingdom. I would love to be really lazy, and I can be. But God's called me to, to put energy into his kingdom and different things. And the last thing is this. So I wasn't going to share this, but I realized that this week is the kingdom of God has cost me my heart. It really has. I mean... Just like taking your heart out and just saying, God, I'm just going to trust you with this. Nobody else sees that. It's not like the rewards are on this earth where they're going to get rusty. And, but I've given my heart to a lot of other things that didn't come with a good investment. The kingdom of God comes with giving our hearts. Saying, God, I just trust you with my heart. This is what the kingdom costs. And I just want to say today, whatever one of those or anything that the Lord's just inviting you in on, this is the best investment you're ever going to make. His kingdom is the best investment you will ever make in your life. You won't turn around at the end of life and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have invested so much time and energy or finances into that stuff. But I'm so thankful that I invested into God's kingdom. So today, live in the 13 seconds. In this moment, right here, right now, what are the 13 seconds? What has God been stirring on your heart to just, man, I have, I've just invited you. Maybe for you today, maybe it's community. Maybe you've had your heart broken by church community even. It happens. And make that investment today. You know what? I'm going I'm to really call the church home. I'm going to call City Church home. Whatever the Lord's inviting you in on today, just invite you to just, just go after it. Play like there's 13 seconds left. Like, yes, Jesus, that's what I want to do. I'm going to choose to pursue you in that. I'm not putting it on the back burner anymore. Instead, I'm like jumping into this right now. Make that initial investment. There's some people in this room that are doing that today. They're getting baptized. That's a bold statement, isn't it? To say, you know what, Jesus, I'm willing to get in the horse trough and, and, <laughs> and get, get really wet and cold right before it's 20 degrees outside. But they're making that investment. And this is an investment that lasts a lifetime, isn't it? This is an investment into the kingdom, saying, Jesus, I'm totally yours. I'm willing to proclaim your name and be baptized for everyone to see. So it's going to be a beautiful moment. But um, So if that's you and you're getting baptized, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then if you have kids that are getting baptized, go ahead and grab them. 
Let's go ahead and pray.